Hey everyone, it's Nick. Excited to share this episode of the podcast with you, where you'll hear how DJU is going to lead the Tigers to a natty in his hometown of LA in seven short months. Before we get into that, I'm thrilled to speak with you about our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Finally, Homefield are releasing their Clemson Apparel collection this weekend on Saturday, June 11th at noon Eastern. And because they're awesome and invited us to help launch the collection, you'll get a 15% off discount if you're making your first purchase with promo code podcast. So what's the deal with this premium collection? Homefield worked with Clemson and dug through the archives and history of the Tigers to put together an incredible 15-piece collection of officially licensed t-shirts, crewnecks, and hoodies that I couldn't be more excited about. Homefield shirts are supremely comfortable, and fortunately we're less than five days away from the Clemson launch. Before I wrap up this read and get to the show that you came here to listen to, I want to share one last important point, knowing we are a competitive fan base. You see, Homefield just launched Big News Saturday Season 4, where they release a new school on their site every Saturday for 14 weeks straight. Across all their Big News Saturdays, Florida and then Georgia are the top two schools with the most shirts sold on launch day. Third on the list are the hated South Carolina Gamecocks, who beat out Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida State, and on and on. Just like they can't win on the football field or in any other sport, we need to show them that our online shopping is superior and elite. Make sure you set a reminder for this Saturday to check out homefieldapparel.com and use promo code PODCAST at checkout to save 15% on your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Go Tigers! Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. Joined tonight once again by Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett, good to have you back. Um, still still no Ben, still no Cody, but uh, <laughs> good to continue the conversation with you here on the podcast. Uh, so much to talk about, you know, after the last show. First of all, thanks for coming on last time. After the last show, we just continued on our discussion and um, realized we we had more to talk about. So um, this is maybe think of it as part two of our, our chat. Uh, but welcome back and thanks for being on. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me and uh, glad to get a little bit deeper into some of this stuff that, you know, is going on in the world of Clemson football. So I'm excited. Last time we chatted, uh, Jarrett, we coming off the the long, cold, dark offseason and really thinking about, OK, like looking ahead to this this year's team, what was to be replaced? Kind of who left to the draft, who left through the transfer portal, which guys are just not going to suit up for the Tigers this season. And that conversation really brought us to focusing on the defense, replacing a lot of guys in the secondary. On the offensive side, it really gravitated toward the O-line. Two very important position groups for this team. Um, I think we also talked about just all the change going on with Clemson. Um, so encourage folks to go back and listen to that show. 
Um, but I think this time I, I want to dig into the elephant in the room and whether you're, you know, a diehard Clemson fan or a casual or really a casual of the sport, you're hearing one thing coming out of the Clemson football team right now. And that is that we have a quarterback controversy in, in, in Tiger town. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that we do just yet, but obviously, you know, comparisons are being drawn to previous, previous teams at Clemson, previous years and scenarios. And I think there's enough here, you know, for us to do a check-in just on our feelings as fans about the DJU and the Cape club Nick situation at Clemson and just kind of where we are going from a 2021 season into a 2022 season with the quarterback position. If, if people have followed the program for, you know, the last maybe like five years or so, the echoes of the 2017 going into 2018 season are kind of on people's mind right now. So I think it's important to just kind of, like you said, just address the elephant in the room because people are going to be kind of mumbling about this as we get closer. And I think the national media is going to be mumbling even louder because, you know, they tend to lean on the sky is falling on our program as soon as they get uh, any blood in the water. So, yeah, I mean, the, the 2017 season, we had Kelly Bryant, and then we entered the 2018 season with the playoff uh, loss, even though Kelly brought us all the way to the playoff. Um, and then in 2018, we had this five-star kid, Trevor Lawrence, coming in, and we heard that he was really, really good. And so midway through the season or early part of the season, you know, Kelly transfers, Trevor takes over, and then, you know, we go on to win a natty that year. And, you know, it's a simple version, but I think some people, and from what I've heard too, some people might be kind of expecting like, oh, Clemson had an off year in 2021. Then there's this, you know, five-star freshman that's coming in and maybe the guy will transfer and then the new kid will be awesome. And then he'll take us to a natty and everything will be fine. And no one will have to think about that ever again. So I think it's important to kind of like put that out there and realize like that's the, the truth is in the middle right of what's probably going to happen absolutely and there are other comparisons you could draw i mean there were 2017 disappointing end to Mm -hmm. that season just where clemson's standard was the two years prior to that playing for natties Uh, still a lot of talent on the 2017 team you had defensive studs on the d-line elect to come back to try to win a championship or you know at least play together again in clemson one more time you're seeing that this year you know, with the D line again, um, obviously, yeah, all the other things with the quarterback position seem to line up pretty well. Um, things we know that are, are really not equal comparisons there. I think DJ ultimately is the better quarterback than Kelly Bryant. Maybe we would take the Kelly Bryant 2017 season over the DJ 2021 season. I know I would. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, I think the version of DJ that we're likely to get this year, which we can go into reasons why we think 2022 is going to be better. I think that DJ is better than the Kelly Bryant that we saw go up against Trevor Lawrence and ultimately transfer out to go play at Mizzou the following season. Um, But what I would also say is that I I don't think Cade Klubnik is Trevor Lawrence 2.0, or I don't, I, I don't believe his freshman season is going to be one on, on the level that Trevor Lawrence put together. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a recency bias thing where it feels and smells enough kind of like the same situation. And I think some of us get a little, maybe we're feeling a little desperate after 
the roller coaster of last year. We're like, okay, well, then it's probably going to be the same thing. But yeah, like Cade is a is a great player, and he's obviously extremely talented, and he's going to have a great career. We all hope. Um, but you know, things like that, what Trevor did, and the talent that he had is is really rare. And so I think it's a little unfair to look at all the expectations that DJ had and then for him to come in and perform, you know, well, his first two games and then kind of up and down for various reasons last year. And then, you know, just expect him to kind of get like washed away in, you know, one game by this kid who hasn't played a college snap yet. Well, I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, we should take a step back and just talk about DJ's career to this point. Um, and I think you make a great point. Like he could not have been more hyped coming out of high school. You know, he was either, QB1A or QB1B compared to Bryce Young, just in terms of the recruiting class. Um, very hyped. He, he had an overlap season with Trevor Lawrence, but still decided to come to Clemson. Um, everyone was super jazzed. You know, he just had an impossible task of replacing Trevor. One that he almost elevated the own bar, you know, on himself with that showing in the Boston College of Notre Dame game in 2020. Um, people saw that and were like, I've seen it enough. This guy is the next you know, the Clemson dynasty will continue or Clemson's relevance is solidified for the next half a decade based on what we're seeing out of this guy. Um, so bar really high coming into this last year and could not have faced a tougher opponent in the first week. A lot of things stacked against him in 2021. Um, being able to bounce back from that loss from Georgia, I think took some time to walk away from DJ in week one, like you're saying, or, you know, after a couple of couple of tough moments here to start the 2022 season, I think would still be pretty premature. Um, and I, I don't think Dabo, Dabo is not like a shoot from the hip type of coach or prone to overreacting or kind of making, making fast snap decisions. Um, so I, I mean, I don't want to just chalk it up to saying like, I trust Dabo to figure the right thing out. I mean, we do. Um, I think if the, if the team was going to move in another direction, I think it would be because the coaching staff has formed a very solid opinion, not just out of those data points, but out of spring camp, all the practices that led up to that fall camp, you know, everything leading into the season. Um, I think all that would be a well-informed decision and DJ still has plenty of opportunity to lock this starting role down and never look back um, in his career at Clemson. But um, I think he, he deserves a, the benefit of the doubt from us as fans, and also, you know, a bit more than just a really short leash coming into this season, I think. Yes. I, I think, as we mentioned in the last podcast, like, there's just so many moving pieces and changing, you know, parts that it's, like, now is the time that they have the whole offseason, and he's got kind of like that, you know, a normal time in the weight room and, you know, with the teammates and stuff to where, you know, all of that stuff can kind of come together and solidify and hopefully, you know, move in the right direction where, you know, you have wide receivers with, you know, they're hopefully going to be better at blocking and catching. And then, you know, we love the O-line. I promise I wouldn't uh, uh, crack on them anymore. But, you know, everybody I think is going to play their part. And I think if they do, things will be a little slower for him and he won't feel so rushed. And I think because he had so much, pressure on his shoulders in from internal and from external sources that he just, you know, you'd see him get to where he was trying to just force the ball or try to just, you know, 
just yeet the ball downfield and go way over people's heads. So um, hopefully he just kind of settles in with his technique, but I, you know, I definitely am going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I remember standing in my kitchen when I was living in Phoenix, whatever it was that 2019 when he released his announcement video and I was like super pumped and excited. So we all were right. And yeah, so he deserves that. Couldn't agree more. And I think you touched on a couple of the points why I'm optimistic that 2022 is going to be better for DJ than last year. Um, offensive line under Thomas Austin have turned over a new leaf just from a coaching standpoint. Clearly we would love to have a bit more depth to go along with that. Um, but we shall see. I, I think at this point we're not going to be seeing any transfers coming in, unfortunately, to help this team out this season. So it's just going to have to come from within. I think DJ having another off season with seasoning, you know, in this, in this offense with these receivers um, in that locker room is going to help out. Um, mm-hmm. Question, you know, still question marks about, is he going to be like the vocal leader of that locker room at this point coming into his third year in the team TBD on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Brandon Spector and Will Taylor should be back there in the slot. Um, having that kind of, you know, if he can establish chemistry with either or both of those guys, you know, should be, should be a lot better. And then this could be a situation also where um, at least Brandon Streeter has been DJ's quarterbacks coach for a couple of years now. I don't know the, you know, the dynamic with Elliot and DJ previously, but you know, these guys want to show out as their first year as the OCs. And if DJ mm-hmm. is the guy they have to work with, I'm confident in their, you know, they're going to ride with their guy. And I think they're going to design the offense around his talents and potentially mitigating his shortcomings um, as they still see them. So I think there's just a lot of things, a lot of things that, and a lot of this is wishful thinking, right. But of course there are a lot of things that you can, you can definitely see paths to happening um, that all add up to DJ having a much better season. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say is like, we don't exactly have a world beater of a schedule this year either, just in terms of crazy good defenses mm-hmm. uh, like we did a year ago. Uh, both with, I mean, look, Pitt isn't like an insanely good defense, but they won the ACC last year and we played Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Notre Dame's in flux and our coastal opponent is Miami and we, we do get them at Death Valley. Um, so they might be a tough challenge, but probably not not anywhere, not, not that much greater than Pitt at least last year. So um, anyway, all signs pointing to you know, the table set for DJ to be able to have a a better season. The question is, is he going to be able to walk through that door? Can you put it all together? If not, I think as we referenced in the last conversation, the plan B is there and and Kate is, is likely to be the guy. Um, But there's a, there's another quarterback on the staff as well at this point, Um, former Clemson Tiger, returning Clemson Tiger, Hunter Johnson. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, Looking at the season and all the different plan A, B, C, D that could happen, I think, you know, three options kind of come to mind with me. So option one is DJ works out. He gets better. He's the guy that we've wanted him to be for so long. And he crushes it and gets drafted early, you know, next year. Awesome. We're proud of him. Uh, Option two is maybe what we kind of some people are expecting where, you know, DJ does okay, and then Kate eventually transfer or takes over, and then DJ transfers um, midseason for, you know, could be various reasons, right? 
Um, option three, which might be Dabo Galaxy Brain conspiracy option, is uh, before the season starts in fall camp, DJ realizes that Cade's going to move past him and he decides that he's going to transfer before the season starts. And all of the media outlets are going to go crazy, but Dabo's not going to blink because he's has, you know, all the 40 chess answers and in comes 60 year Hunter Johnson, former Clemson tiger, former Northwestern quarterback, allegedly. Um, and yeah, I think then that's when Hunter Johnson holds down the fort as the senior guy for like a month or so to get Cade comfortable. And then Cade takes the reins and then Dabo rides into the sunset. Like, you know, the genius that he uh, is in this scenario. And he gets a transfer portal win, even though it wasn't really a transfer portal because he's a graduate <laughs> transfer, but he can shut up some haters and claim it as a portal win. Right. Um, exactly. I guess there's a fourth scenario here, Jarrett, that is, DJ's fools us or is good enough in the early part of the season that kind of keeps the Cade combo at bay. But actually, once Clemson starts to face tougher opponents down the stretch, not quite good enough to get over the hump, but still good enough to lead us to, you know, a decent bowl win, um, but not quite the playoff. And he, you know, he kind of is lingering around and it's a drawn out process of like, do you make the move or not? He maybe hasn't done enough to lose the job, but really hasn't done enough to kind of elevate Clemson to expectations of fans. I think that's, that's potentially a fourth scenario. Um, what I wanted to ask you, and these are, I mean, I agree. Like it's one of these options, right? I, mm -hmm. I guess like, you know, short of him hitting those insane expectations that we have, like, what would you say would be a successful season for DJ this year? Like, what does that look like for you? So for me, I want to see DJ be a lot more consistent with his technique and his mechanics, you know, not overthrowing, underthrowing, or having like sloppy release, you know, just be consistent with his footwork too. So if he can just get the technical aspect of being a quarterback down, then I know that he has the athletic ability to turn that into you know, just on its own, like turn that into a better season. So obviously I think he had nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So no quarterback wants to have that ratio. So yeah. for him, I think if he could get somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15, you know, even like 20 to 22 total touchdowns, that would be like, he would love that. Right. You know, cause he can, he can run and, you know, run in for more, especially if he's losing some weight. So for him, just be more consistent and trust your technique, trust your athleticism, and um, yeah, just just be better. Because I think the wins will take care of themselves because the schedule is not filled with landmines. I mean, I'm not trying to repeat the curse of Ben from last summer, but um, it seems like if, if all that works out, then we should be – he should have a better season. What do you think? First, I'll call out that curse of Ben reference where I, I spent the month of August – telling Ben like, no, no, the season is going to have exciting matchups. He was complaining about how every game after Georgia was going to be a snoozer. We might as well book our <laughs> tickets to the playoff and all of that stuff. And it yep. you know, turned out to not be. So um, what I think about what success looks like for TJ this season, you're saying get consistent play, elevate his play on the field. 
I didn't hear you say a win total. Obviously, you talked about some stats. Um, if I had to maybe, and I agree with your answer, if I had to maybe put a different spin on it, I, I'm not going to put a Deshaun or a Trevor Lawrence-esque season ceiling expectation on DJ. I would say a really successful season for him looks a bit more like what the kind of thing you might expect out of like a Taj Boyd, Kelly Bryant, where, you know, absolutely stellar play playmaker in his own right, um, elevates the play of his team, you know, gets that, gets that just fun Clemson offense going again and can, you know, definitely win a high profile postseason game, be it, get it, get us to the playoffs or, you know, a, elite bowl game, New Year's six kind of thing, you know, Taj Boyd being Ohio state. Like I, I could see that coming out of DJ. Um, and, and again, like the table is set for him to be able to elevate and do that kind of thing. The defense is going to be there as well. I mean, it's all not all just on the quarterback to put together. Um, we got the talent on the defenses team to make that happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think playoff run with DJ as the quarterback is definitely something you could see happen. For sure. Yeah. He, he's got the talent and the tools uh, and the team will be around him to, to do it, especially, you know, I think that front seven is going to be nasty. So uh, yeah. we're, we're all, you know, wishing him to put it all together. Okay. So I want you to kind of put, put your money where, where your mouth is, or, you know, tell me here over or under, are we going to see four starts over or under that number out of Cade Klubnik this season? Ooh, come on. So four starts from Cade, that means basically the DJ's kind of, it's either DJ's kind of not doing enough or Cade's just absolutely slinging it. So. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to take like one postseason game and the end of the regular season, that means Cade is at least starting the week after Notre Dame for Louisville and Miami and South Carolina mm-hmm. and potentially the last two games. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and rule out any injuries because we're sending good vibes this year. Of course. And- yeah. <laughs> no, that's like a natural no caveat more. for this kind of hypothetical, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I love you, DJ, but I'm going to go with the over. I think, um, I think I, I just don't, I want to believe, right. I'll say that. I'm like, this is like the X-Files, right? I want to believe. But I just think that from what I've seen, it feels like the DJ we got last year was kind of more who we might get. And I'd love to be wrong about that. But, you know, if that's the case, then, yeah, I think Cade is going to push him and probably be pushing himself into the starting role by midseason. But I am happy to be wrong about that. I think I think if it plays out where DJ transfers, I would almost rather have it happen in your galaxy brain theory sort of way, <laughs> where sort of like make it a clean break as early as possible in the process mm-hmm. for his sake, his benefit. He doesn't have to come in and sort of have that that shame and that embarrassment of being benched during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, let him kind of do it on his terms ahead of time, and also give the Clemson coaching staff like a fair amount of time to react and respond and get the Georgia tech Furman and Louisiana tech games, mm-hmm. you know, to season a new quarterback, work that into the offense. Um, Cause I think once you start, I mean, look, we've got Syracuse on the schedule kind of mid season, but there's that like wake forest, NC state, Boston college, Florida state 
run where I, I don't love the thought of bringing in like a first week true freshman starter against any of those opponents, you know, if, if stuff should break down and play out in that time frame. Yeah. Especially because all but one of those are on the road. Right. So yeah, exactly. Just NC state, which, you know, they, we owe them a beat down, but they, yeah. they bring back a lot of guys. So probably going to be a tough, tough matchup. Okay. Money where my mouth is. I think, I think DJ figures it out. I'm going to go under, under four. Nice. Um, I think he's, I think he's here. I could definitely see it happening though. So your, your over is not crazy. And I guess Jared, like on the topic of DJ potentially transferring, let's talk about this. Like what might be going through his mind? Like what's the, what's in it for him to potentially transfer here? Uh, and, or like what, what might be driving that decision? I mean, for starters, if you sort of think about it with the COVID year that doesn't count toward eligibility, um, if he does choose to kind of opt out of this season, he'd be staring down having three seasons left and an ability to have a, an injury redshirt year. So he, he could almost get a do-over on an entire coll- collegiate quarterback career. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. I guess I didn't really think about how much time he has left. And if you look at it that way, you know, that, that would make a, a lot of sense where if you're kind of not feeling like you're fitting in or, you're kind of struggling and you want a fresh start or maybe you want to be closer to home or change of scenery, then I think that's a, that's, that's definitely a lot more on the table now, especially, I mean, maybe I just didn't realize that Um, we've also got a young quarterback coming in in 23 with um, Vizina. And so there's going to be Cade. That's going to be honestly nipping at his heels because he's a great quarterback. Vizina is looking good too. So, you know, if you're DJ, you might be thinking, it's like if I can't make it a kick-ass year and get drafted early from Clemson, then I'm going to be kind of pushed around and maybe a little uncomfortable the next couple of years. So, you know, it might make sense. Yeah, it could easily have him feeling like he could be marginalized here. And just from a maybe like a positivity standpoint, going somewhere else, get that fresh start again. You mentioned maybe get closer to home, closer to family. We know that means a lot to him as well. Super West Coast kind of guys. So, you know, we're not going to speculate here probably on landing spots for DJ or anything like that. But I think from a Clemson standpoint too, just Dabo wanting to do right by his guys. This is a little bit of a different situation than Kelly Bryant, where Kelly, he essentially needed to transfer before that fourth game that season to be able to preserve eligibility to play one more year. Um, no such kind of circumstance here for DJ with his remaining years eligibility. It's not like Dabo can kind of pushed him around a little bit or, you know, let DJ, let DJ keep the job till past the, the red shirt, you know, number of games for the season, but it's a, it's a slightly more player friendly environment right now uh, just for DJ with number of years left and, you know, the, the transfer portal being what it is. So um, I think from Clemson's standpoint too, with Vizina coming in, you mentioned there's just sort of a, like, it, this is weird, but it's almost like they could move on from DJ without really feeling like they're missing a beat too, too much. I mean, I think from this year, DJ still gives them the best opportunity to win, but you know, if this just isn't the right fit, you know, there's without that guilt factor, additionally, you know, I think that, I think that that's where, where things could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it, uh, it seems like if that's kind of on the table and I'm DJ and I'm coming into the fall and I'm feeling like, you know, maybe this isn't the best fit. 
a problem or maybe not a problem. Um, but you know, he's, he's kind of hard to read. I know he's always very polite, very upbeat, uh, seems like a really great kid. So, you know, he doesn't really wear his, uh, thoughts and emotions on his sleeves. So, you know, it's hard for us on the outside to know what he's thinking or if he's feeling confident or that he's like, yeah, I had a bad year. I just want to bounce back. So, um, I, it's, it's good to just kind of get out the elephant in the room and just talk about this because we want him to succeed. We want him to do well, but I think you want me to look at it like that, you know, DJ could move on and uh, be in a great spot with, you know, three years left. And then Clemson has talent at quarterback room, you know, that, you know, we wouldn't be too bad. It wouldn't be a very like contentious, sour splitting of ways. I wouldn't think. I think probably fair to say like, if you just look at the 2021 season, Clemson didn't necessarily get the DJ that we were promised or that didn't necessarily get the DJ that lived up to the hype and the expectations, whether that was fair or not. I think we already touched on, but uh, you know, is it fair to also ask, did DJ get the Clemson of his expectations, the Clemson that he was promised the Clemson coming off when he signed after the 2019 season, moving into 2020, you know, coming off T Higgins, Amari Rogers, like really high power, potent offense competing for natties pretty much every year. Uh, 2021 offense did not around him did not necessarily look like what those Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and Kelly Bryant teams even did. So I just kind of, I've been kind of thinking about that for myself with this situation of cut the guy some slack, think about his perspective as well, just with, with what his situation is. And he came in during the COVID season and he had the, the messed up kind of 2021, not real full off season situation. You know, this guy's far from home, um, not making excuses at all for anything that's gone on on the field or otherwise for him, but you know, these, he's a 19, 20 year old kid. Right. So mm-hmm. um, just trying to have, have a holistic perspective here. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the, the thing that some people maybe forget is that when you, commit to a school like it's got to be a good fit on both sides but there's also expectations on both sides and you know uh he was probably what like an eighth ninth tenth grade watching Deshaun and you know that run come up and getting excited about Clemson and then you know starts to be headed to senior year and then Trevor comes in and wins a natty and he's you know wanting to be a part of this culture and sure I mean when you're in high school it's like you you like to win and you understand that there's an expectation but you know, when you come in the door, um, you know, it's kind of like the rubber meets the road. And, you know, maybe he thought um, that he was going to have that same level of talent or team or coaching or, you know, even just vibes like around him. And maybe it didn't pan out the way he expected. And, you know, he's kind of left sitting out there scratching his head. Um, So I think, yeah, that's a good point that it's not always just the program or the coaches or the fans that are looking at a player going like, well, we expected something different. Like a lot of times, you know, we don't know what's going through the, those kids' heads. 100%. Um, and we haven't talked too much about sort of Big Dave's influence as well. Obviously, DJ's younger brother, Mateo, is going through the recruiting process right now. He's going to be a 2023 class signee someplace. He's been offered at Clemson, to my knowledge, and who knows if he's going to come to Clemson. But um, Big Dave obviously looms large in just the, you know, the, the careers of his sons and where they go mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So... I think whatever plays out here, um, you're certainly going to see some influence from Big Dave. Yeah, Big Dave is definitely uh, big uh, on influencing, you know, I guess, he, you know, he grew up, I guess, what is a bodyguard for 
media figures, right? So he's around, he knows kind of how media and stuff works. So yeah, right. that's a he's question. He's got the too. fame, the fame, the fame mindset, you know, overall <laughs> seeing how that stuff works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I see these, see his kids and they've got no smile on their face. And I wonder like, would they rather just like go to college and play intramural sports and then, you know, just live a normal life. But who knows? Like my thing is my top preference is if DJ wants to be a Clemson and be successful there, like let's have that happen. Mm -hmm. Whatever he, whatever he ends up wanting, like, you know, let's, let's make that happen too. And if it's someplace other than Clemson, if it's not, not being a quarterback. And I mean, I, I assume we can believe what he says when he says he, you know, loves the game, wants to be a pro, that kind of stuff. Pretty sure that's been his stance throughout his career. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to take him at face value on that. And again, like, I think we're pulling for the guy to be successful this year at Clemson. I think what's important is we are just going to hear this drum beat from every media outlet out there. So it's kind of like reckoning with that ourselves and, um, you know, kind of figuring out like, would it be disastrous for DJ or disastrous for Clemson if he would move on? I don't think so. I think he, Mm -hmm. he, he could land on his feet elsewhere. I think Clemson could land on its feet if that should come to pass. Um, but we've already touched on a lot of reasons why there's optimism for this turning around for this season. So let's just see what, see what happens. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. I mean, it's, uh, it's still super early. We're not even in the preseason really or camp or anything. So we're just speculating and we're, we're sending positive vibes. We want the kids to do really well. And I think, you know, like you said, it looks like on both sides, it could be, you know, not the end of the world to move on to the next uh, thing if that comes to pass. So we just have to, you know, keep waiting for tidbits of information to come out and keep speculating because that's what we like to do. Um, all right. Well, why don't we wrap it up there, Jarrett? Thanks so much for coming on. Great to have this chat. Um, see you soon down at the boardroom, hopefully uh, Clemson alumni bar here in San Francisco. But uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back on the show. Um, definitely get Ben and Cody back in the loop. Some other um, interviews coming up as well. Really excited to just get out of our hiatus, get back into talking about Clemson ball and the rest of college football. Um, here as we trudge along toward the start of the season. Uh, so yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. And uh, looking forward to it. Go Tigers. Thanks to our listeners as well. Um, we love those reviews. You know where to find us on social media. Please tell a friend. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Tigers. <laughs>